When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here at Tale of Our City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. What a difference a week makes. A week ago, we're launching the sunrise in a parking lot, an RV-filled parking lot in Norman, with a lot of possibilities. Those possibilities still exist in studio this morning. Great to be with you, and uh, Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Elijah Herbal with you for the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And you can join us this morning at 466-3776-436-3776-800-825-5865. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt. That's me. Mark Cranach at Mark Skurs. And for Elijah at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, Coming up on the show, we will hear from Dr. Rob Zadiska, his take on the offensive line, part of the Rewind segment in 30 minutes, part of that great Nebraska pipeline, Hall of Fame and NFL standout Rob Zadiska. And really, that's one of the the many keys today for Nebraska football. Blackshirt's got to pack their run defense today in East Lansing for kickoff under the lights. Special teams can't continue to... Light matches on top of uh, gasoline tanks. And, oh, yeah, uh, let's get into some protection and some running room for that big red offense. Cranach, what do you got rocking this morning? How are you, bud? It's 40-some degrees, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, ne- it's Nebraska at Michigan State. It's feeling very big tinny, very football-y. It's good. Man, I'm I'm feeling all right about it. Although I don't know whether to trust what I saw last weekend. You know what, dude? That that T word is very prevalent this That's week, it. right? It's it, dude. Everybody's acting like I don't know the 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 amount of people that are predicting a win today in East Lansing. It's been pretty surprising. It's kind of like a lot. I think a lot of people saw what they wanted to see last one weekend, mm-hmm. without the win, of course, and are just like now they're just crowning the ass. <laughs> now we're just now we're just you, crowning them. Denny Green reference at seven oh nine on a Saturday Nebraska's morning for ready. you. Yeah, right. Nebraska's just ready now. Nebraska's arrived. Turned the corner. You know, whatever analogy you want to come up with, good to go. Good to go. Going to waltz right into East Lansing today and just pick up a W because they almost beat Oklahoma. 
Well, wouldn't you that, know what I mean? Wouldn't that be the the natural progression, right? If you're a football fan, your football team goes off and says, "Okay, here's a here's a near miss. Here's okay, a, a really good looking Adrian Martinez with again half the time he goes back to throw, it's dodgeball for him." Yeah. But man, when he has time, look what he can deliver. Even when he doesn't have time, look what he can create. Uh, who? Oh yeah, Ramir Johnson. Welcome, uh, welcome to Nebraska, son from New Jersey. Uh, oh, Teddy, big Teddy. Let's give you a tight end number, and uh, and go three tight end and and go heavy. Let's morph into the Incredible Hulk, a la Big Ten. Okay, and the Nebraska black shirts. Yep, there was some uh, some running room for Gray, and yep, yeah, Rattler extended some plays outside the pocket, made some big throws, and ooh, you know, six out of eleven on third down, not great. And you had a lot of those third downs, especially we think back to that first drive. You're like, brother, this is gonna be a long day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get him in third and seven, you get him in third and nine, you get him in third and twelve. Oops, Oklahoma's wideouts knew where to be right past the sticks. Not bad coverage. Not enough, um, not enough heat to get Rattler uh, flushed. Okay, maybe he did flush him. Oh, he just made a nice play, and it's first and ten. But you find a way to get off the field a lot, and you yourself offensively crossed into there uh, 40, uh, nine, nine times. Let that little Ferris Bueller's Day Off scene ring through your ears nine times. And, and and you get you get sixteen points. So, dude, you are on it with the trust questions, the, the trust, Do we? the trust issues. Do but, you? Well, Do I, you trust it. I mean, you were there. You saw it in the flesh. I you saw know? it in you the flesh. The, you, you saw it in person. I, I was. You saw this. I saw a reemergence team. of Nebraska. This arrival. I saw of a different Scott team. Cross vision. I saw a different team because of yeah. personnel. I saw a different team because you I had feel that. You had Betts, you had Allen. Let's go there. You had yeah. Uh, let's go there. You had Omar. Yeah. I mean, you had a yep. different. You had you had Ramirez, and I'm not saying he's Amon, but you had a different team. And I'm like, wow, what th- this looks pretty good. This looks, looks pretty dangerous. <laughs> right? This looks okay. Let's this looks go all there. Right. Let's go there. I you just you just hit on it right because. Well, you, you can want and wish all you want for your program, and you can you can blame coaches for this, that, and the other thing, and they they deserve a lot of you know blame and credit for anything that goes on. They're the ones that are running the show. But yeah, that's a different lineup that rolled out, <laughs> dude. Omar Manning's touchdown. I mean, in addition to his fantastic calves, which we all know. Then did you hear his voice? <laughs> like, who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? Like what? I can't even imitate it. I can't even go down that many octaves. Can you? No. And I, I pride, my, I pride myself. And- I pride myself on on having a good voice, but Omar's voice is great. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, between his calves and his voice, he is the most manly man in the world. And he's and he's that receiver. No, but really, that catch he made in the end zone. That was sweet. He just vacuums that thing. You know, like the the ball is like a little one of those little plastic balls or something. You know, it's just like it's very easy for him, it looks like. And like <laughs> yeah. it's good when he's 
on the field for F's sake. <laughs> like, that is a way different lineup. Way different. 6'4", 225. And then Betts. That dude can run. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can run, run, run like like nobody else on the on the roster. I don't think. Just a, just a gazelle. Well, and, and, and Martinez get, dropping it in the bucket. Then Vokalek. Yeah, Beast. Vokalek and Allen. That 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 two Beast. tight end monster. The the yes. old. Cra- dude, you know, that's a different crew. That is a different, different crew. And one that we had talked about preseason that really has not been able to coalesce and actually come together and like go Voltron and become a Nebraska beast. Mm-hmm. We And they, they finally did it. And it was almost good enough to beat freaking Oklahoma on the road, having never even, even done it together. Like no continuity yet. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, very little experience there. Bets and Manning did. That's the first time Manning's played in front of a hostile crowd in his life. Ever. I mean, unless you count, I don't know, Miller North. They're hostile. I mean, they are, but do you know what I mean? He's never done that in his life. It was his first one. Manning, same deal. You know? And those guys were that productive in that environment? It's promising. It is encouraging. For sure. Um... Is it good enough though? Is it is it good enough to roll in now to East Lansing? Three and Michigan State. They're they're not chumps, man. No, they're good. They're, you Mel know what Tucker, I mean? Mel, Mel Tucker's flipped this thing around. Walker's money, and it's gonna. The thing that I feel good about is Nebraska's confidence on offense. I feel good that Nebraska defensively uh, will have. Uh, they'll have a better opportunity than Miami did, right? Michigan State's going to try and go outside. And listen, your your interior's got to be better than they were against a really good line in Oklahoma. OU's line, their guards were vicious. And they, they, had, they, were. they had some success against Nebraska's interior. Yeah. Uh, but apples, oranges when it comes to line. I'm not knocking the, the, the Michigan State offensive line. They're good, but... Oh, use just like you know four or five star dudes that can can run and yeah. hit and, and maul you for sure. It's like that, but, that Shane yeah. Beamer quote from uh, from last week in news play in Georgia. That, that was the that was hilarious. They got like a hundred five stars. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> He's just pulling his hair out. What's left of it? But I I like Nebraska's corners. I like Cam Taylor Britt's physicality. I like uh, yep. Quinton Newsom's. I mean that guy had a hell of a game last weekend. We talked to him this week. I like Newsom getting off blocks, and, and he's open for business. He ain't making – his business decision yeah. is to, to knock your mouthpiece out. And then I like – Fisher's – yeah. I like the speed of, of Deontay Williams and, and I like the, in the interior. So I think Nebraska's defense uh-huh. can, 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 can play a, a better game. Now they're going to need to be on lock again. I think as a, as a team, they were they, – despite the missed tackles, they were there for one another. They're going to need to be better at, at holding on with initial hits because you had a lot of yards after contact from Oklahoma. Uh, you got a different back, but a special back in Walker where you can't let him go house call. And we were talking about this yesterday, and, and I, I just wonder, is, is this the game because you get one or two a season 
where what you expect from one side of the football isn't there, right? And let's go mm-hmm. back. Let's stay with the Michigan State theme. You know, Frost is still surprised and proud uh, of winning a Big Ten game in that first year, 9-6 to six in the snow, where it was a defensive struggle, right? No offense could go. And yeah. it was the defenses that carried the water. Is today one of those games where, all right, you know what you have to do defensively if you're either football team and it just ain't going to work. Think of Missouri-Nebraska 97, right? Corby Jones and, uh, and uh, Brock Olivo out of the backfield. I mean, that, there's, you know, how, how a Missouri offense that was okay uh, ended up, almost ended up upsetting Nebraska because the, Nebraska had no answer for crossing routes out of the backfield. So uh, I'm interested to see if, if Nebraska's defense takes um, last week and applies it to this week and is better, or uh, it, it's just a situation where Walker's going to do his thing and it's going to be up to the offense to outscore. Is it one of those games today? It's early in the year. I get it. It's game five for Nebraska. But is this a game where Nebraska's offense and defense both travel or is one side of the ball notice I've, I've left special teams out but <laughs> is it one side of the ball is it one side of the ball that's got to go win it is it one of those just games because, today just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it goes away Chris no <laughs> I get the special you. teams special teams are still very much a thing oh they will be required there's your difference brother yeah that, and, yeah, that, and that'll be, be your like difference that. today. I honestly think it is it is so critical, and, and there's still opportunity. Totally believe that if it doesn't happen today for Nebraska, that they can they can continue to improve and win next weekend and even sting Michigan. I think they can do a lot, and they, they can still go beat Minnesota. I don't want no. I don't want nothing to do with Michigan right now. All right. Well, I. I that's probably very safe. But I'll say this back to your fan base and the trust part. Even within that own locker room, it is very important to go get a win today. Carry it over and it, prove it completely. Yeah, I think you can trust the defense at this point. I. You know what I mean? Because I. Because I, you go back to last year, basically since Illinois. Like, what is it up with Illinois? Just being sort of like the. The fulcrum and the <laughs> and the and the kind of marker of your program, but since Illinois last year, twenty twenty, Nebraska's defense been pretty damn good. Hmm? You know, they, I mean, they haven't. That they haven't was one of those. That was one of those games I'm talking about where your defense yeah. just did not show up. Yeah. Well, they also they were on short fields the whole time. Like that was not a. But you're right. No, they they did not. They did not they show dashed. up. And that, that was right after they had a great performance against Penn State, too. And you thought, well, maybe this is the, the Nebraska team that uh, that can turn the corner a little bit, that they got mm-hmm. some success. We feel good after that win against Penn State, even though Penn State came back late. And then you go out and lay an egg against Illinois. Let's let's date ourselves here. That's yeah, a good point, Elijah. Is this is this 2007 Texas? Oh, remember wow. The, remember Nebraska oh. rolling into Austin yeah. in 07 with could've, a crappy team? Could have been a job <laughs> just, could have been a job saver. You're up two touchdowns and then the levy breaks and Cedric Benson goes for three bills in the fourth quarter and you lose 28-25. But it was a valiant effort. Nebraska had no great, business beating Texas well, on the road. Well, they had them scheme they they were just surgical man they were dicing him up and sam keller mm-hmm. was doing his thing i just is that what that this oklahoma rip- game is 
Is that what this is? Well, you just right? get up. Is, is you just that? get up for a high level opponent, and you're really not mm-hmm. that good. Well, and think about how many times it's happened it's in the fair. Frost era. You, you've gone to Iowa City and almost taken down Iowa twice. Uh, you almost took down Wisconsin at home back in 2018 or 2019. Um, there's been performances against some really good teams that makes you think, oh yeah, this Nebraska team's finally got it figured out. They're, They're finally doing things capable. right. They're, and then what do they do? They come, turn around the next week and they go lose to Purdue or they lose to Illinois. It's here's what they've been known different. to do. Yeah, here's what it's a it's a great point. It's just what what is different now. Quite literally, it's I mean it's personnel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that simple, right? Like, yeah. Look, if if you put if you put Brady at quarterback, your team's better. If Randy Moss is your receiver, you're pretty good at receiver all of a sudden. That you know, and Nebraska obviously doesn't have that level of talent on their team, but they are different when it's Manning and Betts. Like, hello, <laughs> with Torre. They're different. They're different. They are better. Period. Martinez has come into his own. I think you can trust him a little bit more. I think he's playing free. I think he's the best running quarterback in America. Quite literally. Mm-hmm. That's who that's who you have. And who's a better running who's better? Have you seen anybody better running the ball at quarterback than him? And then now you couple that with you saw those throws last week. Yeah, I'm more wild Whoa. by his I'm more wild by his throws where oh you had Dude, you know he looks good double right secret now. probation on him and he still was able to almost Win the mm-hmm. game with his arm when when and don't kid yourself he he uh, extended things. Uh, Uncle Andy checks in. Last week's moral victory means nothing if Nebraska doesn't win today. With that said, a win can be a springboard to finally put this team on the right track and uh, be what we have hoped for with the Frost era. That's it, that's that's that's, yeah. that's really it. That is that's proof of con. Today's proof of concept. And it is. I'll say this yeah. too. Your yeah. your your take on trust. They could win today. They could win next week. <laughs> they could they could whack Michigan. There's a lot of things. I'm excited about getting downhill in a good way, and getting some momentum that that's been talked about was really talked about back to Indianapolis and in, in preseason. You you have that. You have a chance to to start that and get going. Uh, in a great fashion and really hit some rhythm uh, that, that eluded you <laughs> with Illinois. You've been trying to, 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 to generate that since that, 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 uh, that, that loss in Champaign in the way it happened, right? So you're, you have a mulligan off the tee box. Now what's Nebraska do with it? Does it go in the water? Does it stay in the fairway? I don't know. I, I, I have zero... I know what I, I think can happen, but what you had that, that arm wrestling match between your heart and your head where, well, my, my heart says, you know, Nebraska finds a way today. My head says, hell no. There's going to be one or two critical mistakes on a drive. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a missed field goal. There's going to be an interception. Someone's going to screw up an assignment, and Adrian's going to get strip sacked. Uh, there's going to be no run game. Someone's going to get dinged or – uh, Nebraska will play nine tenths of a great ball game, but there's that one missed tackle, one broken tackle. There's that one house call. Again, margin for error, right? And that's that's just where I'm at. I think Michigan State, gosh darn it, wins today just because Nebraska. We know Nebraska's physical. 
We know Nebraska has some dudes now, some wow dudes. We know Nebraska does not pay attention to detail or they have not perfected paying attention (laughs) to details that are critical in Big Ten wins. And you don't have to be a perfect football team, but you can't be as sloppy as they've been. Maybe they've learned. Maybe Maybe they put it all together today. But I love the opportunity, and you got a whole boatload more opportunities to get bowl eligible this season and have a really fun year. This is wild. This is really awesome where each week the the intrigue is high. Now, is your attention level high? It is now because of what happened in Oklahoma. It wasn't after Illinois. But you got a you got a rest of you got a slate right now if you're a Nebraska football fan where each week, man, it's it is going to be really cool to see what this team does. Just sit back and people watch. How much better do they continue to get? And I think they have gotten better. So that's 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 also part of this beer being half full today. If you're a Nebraska fan and you're feeling okay, which is great, post Oklahoma. Yeah, and you got to think about you know you mentioned special teams and oh, it was, it's just so bad right now. But you, you made a little progress. You can finally count on kickoffs going into the end zone. That's good. You got Today, that. Like, can you guarantee me? <laughs> I can't. I cannot. But I can, I can like seventy percent guarantee, or your partial money back. I yeah. I can't <laughs> guarantee it. But that's that's good. It it feels like though. It doesn't feel like um. It feels like you've had a a couple of individual issues within special teams more than systemic. Do you guys even practice issues? <laughs> well, <laughs> but, whatever I, it's I, consistently I, an individual making, not the same individual, when it's consistently an individual making a mistake, is that not indicative of a systematic problem? It, it's a problem. I, I hear you. But I think it's different than, oh, my God, Nebraska hasn't returned a kickoff to the 20 in three years. You know, like that's systemic. That's like you don't have anybody blocking what you don't practice blocking. What the hell are you doing? Nebraska's problems this year have been you got a kicker that's shanking kicks and you got Cam Taylor Britt that's making dumb decisions. That's different yeah. to me. Well, and than, you know what else is an like issue? You're, you're, then, then, oh, there goes Aaron Crickshank again, no right. matter what jersey he's wearing, scoring a you know, house call again on a kickoff return. Do, well, do you know we, what I mean? Well, like we haven't played were, him yet this year. <laughs> I, He's going to show up. He'll He's going to transfer to team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crutch, Crutch like, Shake will end up on Michigan. <laughs> just transfer portables. Yeah. He's just totally. He's going to tra- He's going to play tonight for, <laughs> for Michigan, Michigan State. State and house call one. Let's, but do you know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. different. When, when Nebraska, like, could not return a kick or a punt to save their lives and they couldn't stop a kick return and they couldn't kick a ball through, you, you know, like, it, it seems like it's been isolated now to a couple individuals that are struggling. That's not good either, but it feels a little more fixable mid season than like your entire operation sucks. Right. You, you can, I'm not ha- sure the entire operation sucks right now for Nebraska it, when it comes to field goals and when it comes to returning punts, which have been their main issues. It right. And, and you can throw two Ray back there to catch it or let it go over his head versus, is Cam going to catch it or not? Um, and at least with, neutralize the situation. Yes. With Culp, <laughs> right. Culp yeah. we, we've seen the yips. We've seen him get in his own head. We also saw him drill a 51-yarder after a weird opening drive. 
Now, I know. Uh, he he wasn't off. Was it windy in Norman? Uh, it wasn't too bad. No, no it was just high and sticky. No. But I'll say, because the ball was flying. I mean, both kickers had good warm-ups, allegedly. And um, the the part that's been frustrating for Culp is, yeah, he's been off. He's overthinking. But it's like an episode of the, the, the Walking Dead breaking through walls. I mean, that... The interior is, it's a it's a bum rush. It's a bum rush that got an extra point blocked. It's a bum rush that made him, uh, it helped him snap way left on his follow through because he had three maroon jerseys within, uh, well, they broke COVID protocol when it comes to within six feet. I mean, that, that, that line's been awful when it comes to keeping, that, that wedge has been awful when it comes to keeping people from, penetrating on kicks on extra we points or that field before goals. Oklahoma though well, we little, that, before, that uh, was just Oklahoma right that was just Oklahoma but it's yeah he's three for eight it's been beyond Oklahoma so yeah well well maybe it's well I'm, I'm talking the 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 line protection oh the protection was god-awful against OU it was but is that maybe just them just not used to seeing that sort of suddenness Sud- and that <laughs> level of athlete? That that dude? <laughs> yeah. like well, I, I could maybe chalk it up to that. Anyway, funny. it just it feels less systemic. Look, the results are still crappy mm-hmm. on the special teams. They were crappy last year. They were crappy the year before that. They were crappy the year. Look, that's systemic, obviously. Like, you not getting the results, that's a systemic issue. But... It does feel a little more isolated to a couple individuals now. Mm. And hopefully you can fix that. Hopefully maybe this Kellen Meyer kid can come in and start kicking well, hopefully, hopefully your all-big-10 you know? kicker gets gets it right between the ears and, and bounces back. Sacrifice a chicken. Something. Give me, something. A, give me a live chicken and uh, some, some KFC just and some rum. We'll need rum. Uh, Real Red Reaction follows us. If you kick a chicken in Michigan, which kind of rhymes – does that kind of like does that help you like exercise the demons? Does that get rid of the voodoo? If, I don't know. We'll if you hear, just kick a chicken. We'll hear about the offensive line coming up. Mark Rainak, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbert. Not kick chicken. Weekend edition. Be nice to animals. Do not support that. The good doctor is in to, to talk run game, big red, uh, Oklahoma and uh, Michigan State. The rewind coming up. With Dr. Rob Zadiska, part of that pipeline, it's Hale Varsity Weekend. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now back with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to an All-American, an All-Big 8 performer, and uh, part of that vaunted pipeline offensive line, former NFL vet, and of course, uh, the good doctor. I'm going to call him the doctor of the run game, and he has a prescription pad ready. Dr. Rob Zadiska <laughs> with us, the pride of Lincoln East. Dr. Rob, what's up, man? Smartest, Good, baby. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing East and Southeast tomorrow night, and I love watching East play ball. I'm a Southeast kid, you know, way way back. So it uh, no, it's going to be an awesome city matchup. But you're a you're a Spartan man. You wear that blue, don't you? I do. They've uh, you know they're uh, John Gingery, their head coach. I love Gingery. Who is our 
he was our defensive coordinator when I played. And I mean, and still only the second head football coach in Lincoln East history. So they, 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 they don't switch out much there, but he, he's done a, he's done a great job there. Man, they've had some really good teams the last couple of years. Oh, that Walter's kid's incredible to watch. Love their quarterback. He's a lot kid, of fun. Kid can kid can sling the ball. So, you know, and they've got some good wideouts too. I mean, there's he, he's got guys helping them, but they they've got a really good team, and uh, it's fun watching what Ging's got going down there right now. Well, absolutely, and your old teammate Sizes does a great job too. You know, um, down down at East and. Well, we could talk high school ball for a while. We, we still may get back into it. But, Dr. Rob, thoughts on, on Nebraska-Oklahoma before we turn our attention to Sparty? You know, as a, as a former Husker, uh, give me the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, the good. I mean, the, the defense has been playing well, but they've been playing well all season, I think. Um, you know, you go back to that Illinois game where Illinois put together a couple of couple of touchdown drives there in the second half. I think we're right there in the third quarter. But I think a lot of that was more a result of just the fact that the defense really kind of got left on the field that entire game. I mean, that was a, a situation where I think you saw a lack of offensive production, inability to sustain drives and keep the defense off the field. That at some point, especially when you're dealing with a game that was whatever it was, 102 on the field, you got to get your defense off the field. And to some extent, that's largely the offense's job to put some drives together. And they just didn't do that. So I, I don't fault the defense too much in that Illinois game. And so I think even even if you look back to last season, I think you saw some huge improvements with what Shenander's done with this defense in terms of development of the players, the talent that he's brought in on top of that, and the performance that you're seeing on the field right now. So I I think there's a lot of optimism or a lot of cause for optimism when you look at the defensive side of the ball. I thought the offense did some good things, too, in terms of the downfield passing game, getting vertical more so than they had getting guys like Omar Manning and Xavier Betts involved. There's some guys there that I think can be some serious playmakers. Uh, getting Vokalek back at tight end again, that was huge, both from a blocking standpoint as well as pass receiving. He had the really nice pass reception to set up a score, but I think it's almost what gets underrated is how good of a blocker he is. Vokalek is an outstanding blocker in the run game. Um you know, in terms of the bad, I guess, the, the thing that's more concerning to me, and you and I were chatting a little bit off air beforehand about this, is the core, the, you, you phrased it as the finding ways to lose. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that's disappointing to me as both a former player and a fan is that you see this continued run of all these little things that continue to haunt Nebraska, whether they win, whether they lose, it's the turnovers, which it's not like Nebraska is turning the ball over left and right. Uh, Martinez had the one interception, incredible play by the Oklahoma player. Um, But in my mind, that was essentially darn near a punt. I think Mm -hmm. Nebraska was kind of in a tight spot, put it up for grabs, and it was one of those – Hey, if if it falls incomplete, they're punting the next play anyway. If they 
the guy intercepts it, it's as good as a punt considering he's inside the five-yard line. So I don't fault that turnover too much. The special teams miscues and the penalties, however, I mean, it's almost, you know, it's almost becoming tiresome talking about it because it's something you see week in and week out. And even when you go back and you look at the win over Fordham, when you look at the win over Buffalo, I think there was a lot of optimism in terms of the good things Nebraska did. But they still had those same issues. They still had those penalties. They still had those special teams miscues. And that continues to haunt this team. And those little things, you know, everybody cracks comments about football being a game of inches. These little things add up, and they do matter. And you saw that in this game. The blocked PAT, that's a three-point swing right there. Mm -hmm. The missed field goals, I know Oklahoma missed some too, so you can say they kind of traded there, but good teams don't miss those field goals. Good teams don't have those PATs blocked and return for two points on the other end. Um, and so those are huge. It changes how you coach and play the game late in the games, and if Nebraska gets one of those field goals, if they don't have that PAT blocked, all of a sudden they're in a situation where instead of this being a touchdown difference, it's a field goal difference uh, in terms of being able to win the game, and that changes everything. It changes the pressure that's put on Oklahoma and how they do things. So it's these little things really, really do matter and we're continuing to see these little things haunt Nebraska. Rob Zadisk is with us. Hail Varsity Radio Pipeline, All-American, Hall of Famer. And uh, we're talking Nebraska. His podcast, of course, Doc Talk Sports. Uh, him and Travis Justice uh, kill it. They are uh, an awesome listen. And uh, be sure to check them out and subscribe. If you don't already, I'm pretty sure you probably check out Dr. Rob and Travis. So let's get into the nitty-gritty here of the offensive line between the, the sacks allowed. OU's fierce, man. They've got Sunday dudes on defense, so good players are going to make great plays. I know that can happen, Dr. Rob, but when we talk just about the O-line and what isn't happening, and that's run game success, I'm glad Nebraska stuck with it. I love the patience because it paid off with some play action. But overall, when we talk penalties, when we talk hurries, it seems like the, the only guy that's performing – um, is is Jurgens and I think the rest of the kids can get there, but I still think they're maybe searching a bit. And and you know this playing tackle, I mean that's an imp- incredibly difficult spot to play. And you've got two young guys playing tackle that I think we both think can be really good, but they're still just kind of fighting it. They are, um, you know, at some point the young guy label has to come off. Though, are we there? Um, at, at least, at least with Ben Hart, in sure. the sense that you've got a guy that he's a second year starter. I mean, he's got a full season starting under his belt. He's got experience within the program, and so you, you need to start seeing you need to start seeing that performance in terms of. Being able to keep those guys out of the backfield. Now, there was a number of plays they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought there was a number of times Martinez did have time to throw. You get down to that late in the game where Nebraska's in a do or die situation. Oklahoma knows they're throwing the ball. 
and those guys are coming with their ears pinned back on a pass rush. And I'd be the first to admit, those are tough situations to be in for an offense. It's tough for an offensive line. It's tough for those guys when you've got to block really good defensive players. And, and Oklahoma, you hit the nail on the head. That's a bunch of NFL guys. You get a bunch of those six five, two hundred and eighty pounders who can fly. I mean, those guys are defensive ends with outside linebacker speed. But that's that's the kind of players you get out of an Oklahoma, an, an Alabama, a Clemson. Those are the guys you're going to have to deal with at, at upper levels of play. I mean, you quite frankly, I mean, you look at guys that like. Uh, like Nixon at Iowa last year. I mean, it's there's guys like that everywhere. When you go against those guys, at some point, you got to buckle down and be able to block them. And you've got to be able to block them in tough situations when you know they're going to be bringing the heat and Nebraska didn't get that done. Now, at some point, too, you kind of got to wonder, well, should they have left a back end to help out, leave a tight end in to help out? Yeah, potentially. Um, it, it's a tough situation when you've got to, when you got to have a game-winning drive. And some of it's also on Martinez, too. I mean, some of those plays, you got to be willing to sc- either, A, scramble a little bit earlier or get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. And so some of that is on the quarterback as well, too. I don't think he can put the blame solely on the offensive line. He's got to understand that situation that, hey, at some point I need to sprint out and just chuck the ball at the sideline as hard and as fast as I can and come back without Tate. I mean, you lose the down, but you don't lose the the lost yardage. And that's on him as well, too. So it's not completely the offensive line's fault. But again, at some point, those guys need to be able to step up and they need to be able to make a play. Now, there are some other things I saw that were a little bit bothersome in terms of some blitz pickup and some stunt pickup by the offensive line, where I don't think they did a very good job of that. And some of that got masked a little bit. Martinez had the really, really nice scramble where he got flushed out of the pocket and then just shot down field for 20 yards on, on the run. It was a great play by Martinez. Everybody replays the highlight as a great play by Martinez. It underscores the fact they brought an end stunt where they brought the nose guy out. They, mm-hmm. The uh, would be the left defensive end lined up over Ben Hart, came looping around, and there was a big hole where the guard and center both went to the both followed that nose guy and left a huge gap in the middle where the guard should have come off and picked up that stunting defensive end, if I'm recalling correctly. It was either the guard, the left guard or Juergens. Um, but they they let a stunt guy come completely free who got a hand on Martinez. Martinez slipped him, goes for 20-plus yards. Again, great play by Martinez, but it was a great play by Martinez because he had to bail himself out because the offensive line didn't do a very good job of what I would consider some some fairly basic fundamental techniques when you're picking up stunning defensive linemen. So the blitz pickup, the stunt pickup, things like that are things these guys got to work on. There's some basic fundamentals that they just need to get better at. Um, and that goes for the run game too, holding on to blocks, finishing blocks, being more aggressive with your blocks. 
uh, the, a good example of, of what I'm talking about here is again that Buffalo game, the the phantom forward pass on uh, Logan Smothers' mm-hmm. option play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that technically, if you really want to split hairs there, that it was a forward pass. The ball carrier was behind Smothers, but they're both moving forward. So as the ball's traveling through the air, the ball traveled forward from the 11-yard line to the 10-yard line. Technically a forward pass. However, if you're an offensive team that runs a lot of option and the referees are seeing a lot of option plays, the refs are never going to call that because they're like, hey, that's just a byproduct mm-hmm. of running option football. It kind of applies to how you block in the run game as well, too. When you see Cam Jurgens downfield knocking a guy on his butt, when you see Cam Jurgens doing um, a pin block on a guy and, and planting the defensive lineman on the ground, he's drawn 15-yard penalties, and part of the reason for that is referees don't see that much out of Nebraska linemen, so it stands out. Mm. When you see the Oklahoma players throwing WWE moves on Nick Henricks <laughs> and it's not getting called, quite frankly, it's because Oklahoma's offensive line is tossing guys to the ground on pretty much every single play because it's five NFL dudes. If Nebraska, if you saw five guys from Nebraska pancaking, pancaking defensive linemen left and right. If you saw guys doing what Juergens did on those two personal fouls where he's finishing blocks and putting guys on their back at the end of every single play, it doesn't stand out to the referees, I mean. And so it's it's one of these things where you got to have five guys all together. you got to have four other guys specifically picking up the slack and doing what Cam's doing, finishing their blocks off and putting guys on their back. One that wears out the defense, it beats them up, it tires these guys, grinds them down. Two, when Cam doesn't, it doesn't does it. It doesn't stick out like a sore thumb anymore, and he's not going to get flagged anymore for it. But I, I think those penalties, in my mind, were completely perfect, leg- legitimate blocks by Cam. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact nobody sees that out of anybody else from Nebraska. So when the rest do see it, they're like, oh, over-aggressive as unsportsmanlike conduct, and they throw a flag. Rob Zadisk is with us, Pipeline Hall of Famer. Of course, uh, we're recapping Nebraska and looking forward to Sparty. Rob, I've got uh, a, a couple of minutes here. I want to get to Michigan State. A thought real quick, though, on Nebraska's scheme and and your take on, on what, what it can do effectively in the run game and what may be difficult from an ask standpoint with their scheme in the run game. Um, I you pair it with the back and we know Nebraska is kind of a work in progress on the O-line and you've illustrated uh, just some great points uh, with uh, with what is sticking out like a sore thumb. You need more cams on that line or, or guys playing at cams level. What's Nebraska do? I mean, they're running zone. Would they be better trying to get downhill and, and more one-on-one blocking? What What are your thoughts? I think both. I mean, you can run a downhill game using zone blocking techniques, and Nebraska runs a little bit of zone, not 
not much in my opinion, but they run a little bit of it. But I think they need to lean more heavily on that. I think they need to lean more heavily on that downhill running game with, with the dives, the pitches, the mm. tosses, and, and get those backs moving upfield. I appreciated the fact that Nebraska consistently was trying to move the ball um, up the middle against uh, against Oklahoma, and I hope they try to do the same thing against Michigan State. If there's a benefit here going from Oklahoma to Michigan State, it's the fact that you're not going to have the same caliber of athletes. Those guys that number eleven, I'm blanking on his name, the outside linebacker from Oklahoma, um, Bonita. He was, thank you. He NFL guy. Those two defensive ends are NFL guys. That nose guard's an NFL guy. Oklahoma has dudes across the board, and they're big, they're tall, they're insanely fast. Michigan State does not have that same caliber. They're good. It's a good Big Ten defense. They're going to be really solid. They're going to be solid against the run. It's not the same caliber, the same speed that Nebraska saw against Oklahoma. And so I think if Nebraska decides they're going to try and lean on an inside run game, a downhill run game, I think they can do some damage. And they're going to need to be able to do that because I think Michigan State's going to get their yards in the run game. They're going to chew up some clock in the run game. I like Nebraska's defense and how they match up against Michigan State's offense. Um it, it's it's a good Big Ten defense that Nebraska has right now in terms of being able to stand in there and take those body blows that a run game provides because Michigan State's definitely going to do it. I know that running back had, I think it was 264 against Northwestern, and I may be wrong on this. I thought he had 197 against Miami. He went off on the Canes. Um, You're right. Yeah, and so it's... It, they're going to get their yards. I mean, they're going to they're going to kill some time on the clock, and they're going to keep our defense on the field. The key thing in in this game, in my mind, is can Nebraska's offense step up and chew up some clock, chew up some time, and give our defense enough rest that they can stay fresh mm-hmm. and go out and be able to get those stops when they need to. But right now, I think a lot of the Kind of the, the the impetus right now it lies on Nebraska's offense. Score some points, chew up some clock, and then they just they got to clean up the mistakes, the penalties, the special teams miscues, these little things. That that's that's you, you talk about a, a culture of a program. Nebraska has to figure out a way here, a third of the way into the season, to change the culture of the program such that they start eliminating these little mistakes. These little things need to become a very important priority for Nebraska right now. Rob Zadiska, Dr. Rob, uh, part of the Pipeline, a Hall of Famer in his podcast uh, at uh, Doc Talk Sports. Uh, check that out. So uh, real quick, Dr. Rob, and this is awesome to just get caught up with you, man. Thanks for the time. Has this, uh, this 2021 team driven you to sample more beer? <laughs> you know, I've been kind of diving hard into the uh, <laughs> uh, so some of the heavier IPAs. I've been, I've been kind of addicted to pretty much everything that uh, Lagunitas is putting out there. Right it's now. good. It's good, man. 
And, it and, is, and my lo- my local high V carries them, so they got some good stuff. But you know, you got a lot of a lot of good stuff here in, in Nebraska right now. So I mean, it's kind of one of those. I kind of do a constant rotation with the local breweries. Uh, up here in Omaha, I mean, we got so many. Lincoln's got some good oh, ones. Yeah. Um, still, still keep. They still always have a little cosmic eye in the fridge as well. Okay. So. Well, I got to send you some of the the hail ale, the hail varsity beer. That stuff's pretty good. There money. we go. We will we will pay you in 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 beer cases, my friend. Uh, well, I'm not turning that down at all. <laughs> there is uh, Husker All American part of the pipeline, and some great insight as to to where Nebraska's at after Oklahoma, and as they head into Michigan State. Doctor Rob, you're awesome, man. Great to talk some ball. We'll do this again, and, and thanks for the time today. Absolutely. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Hour two, it's weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Don't forget, Real Red Reaction follows from Casa de Schmidt. We are on the patio, the fire pit, and uh, we will take your calls and thoughts and uh, maybe be talking about a uh, breakthrough win for Nebraska football or another close maddening loss i i smile about michigan state for a couple of reasons one the devaney tie but two uh, every time the michigan state basketball comes to town uh coach Izzo cannot avoid my wife that sounds horrific but she she just busts her way down to get a picture with Izzo the last few years and this year's picture was hilarious because he had that who the hell is this woman look in his eyes we flip it over to football co-worker that's now up in omaha always had cutouts of the spartan mascot and he would do it so the spartan mascot was giving a hug to an irate bo Pelini. that was on the wall here back in our office it was pretty good what happens today is it 2012-esque is it somehow like 2015 or is it a 2013 rendition? Or is it its, is it its own special movie? We say hi to Brandon Vogel, uh, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues, we, we can't do a halftime update today in Norman. How are you? I'm doing well, though not as well as last week for the fact that you just mentioned. No, I know, right? Uh, Norman, Chick-fil-A, and, uh, and the schooner. Uh, you, you know, it's it's... Not breathtaking to watch the schooner come out of the tunnel, but as kids, we all secretly wished that bastard tip over. And then it did one time, and we felt horrific. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, you know, credit to Nebraska's defense. We saw the schooner a lot less than I was prepared to going into last Saturday. So. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, uh, Vogues, how... Cranach nailed it. Trust issues. How are you? How are your trust issues this morning with Nebraska football? Are they better? Are they still issues? Uh, and that's kind of been the question here. What do you think Nebraska, tra- you know, took with them to East Lansing? 
Well, I, I, my hope would be for, for Nebraska's sake that they took a good deal of confidence from that Oklahoma game, but also a good deal of motivation. You know, it's all the players uh, said the right thing on, on Monday and, in, and well, even at, immediately after the game of, like, yeah, we played well. Like, we thought we could beat these guys. We may have been the only people who, who really thought that, and then we almost did, but we came up short. Um, so it's a good spot from Nebraska from that point of view, though, like Mark alluded to, and I think most people who follow this program closely feel, until they put some of these results together, I mean, a winning streak of even two or three games would would do wonders, I think, for, for Nebraska, because you just can't fully get there of, okay, well, is, is the bad side of things just around the corner? Because it always has been for, for the past three years. So you, you come into this one kind of balancing that one. You know, it, it's, it should be about a toss-up game. I mean, Nebraska's record's 2-2. Two two. Michigan State, credit to them, is 3-0. I think they're pretty equal uh, when you really break it all down. But – I also look at this, and, and the Spartans, a ton of credit to Mel Tucker, look like the more buttoned-up team. And, and that's kind of been Nebraska's longstanding issue, is it's not the more buttoned-up team in most of its matchups. Can it get there? Can that start tonight? And will it include gray face masks? Let's go real superficial here for a second. <laughs> I'm okay with those. What, what, your thoughts as, as a uniform connoisseur? Yeah, they, they, they looked really nice. Um, Nebraska had just had those on their helmets um, uh, the week before for the alternate uniform game. So credit to whoever thought, you know, it's the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. Let's just leave those on and we'll go back to our standard helmet. Like it was, it, it not only looked good, but it was an efficient uh, nod to the past. I wouldn't mind seeing them mixed in uh, every now and then. Now, mm-hmm. if they just became the regular face mask, then you'd go about a season and be like, ah, oh, I missed the red. So, But it, was, it, it, it looked nice. It, it, it's shocking how much that can kind of change up the look, just that simple thing. I, I tweeted at uh, Nebraska Football Equipment to see if that's permanent or not. No response. Uh, we'll keep, <laughs> keep everybody posted. Um, that's a you thing. Michigan's <laughs> – yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, if you don't want to be kept posted, you can mute me, I guess. Um, Michigan State's 3-0, and obviously, and, and they've been running the ball consistently in each of those games. They have the, the most productive running back in their backfield in the country right now. But the defenses they've played rank really low scoring-wise. Um, really low, like in the hundreds. Um, d- d- are we convinced yet that Michigan State is a legitimate offensive outfit, considering the defenses they've played? Uh, no, and 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 I I say that not trying to take away obviously anything they've done so far because Williams, their running back, has been you know it's sort of the dream scenario you'd hope for with a transfer where you're like oh this this offense just needed a pinch of salt and we found it in uh, Wake Forest. And now everything tastes great. Um, Peyton Thorne has been pretty good. I still think, you know, as a guy who's still relatively early in his career, well, certainly as a starter, um, there's going to be some bumps in the road there somewhere. Um, there usually are for quarterbacks in their first full season as, as the starter. So I, I, I see what you're saying, and I, I kind of agree. I mean, Miami 
Miami's going to end up probably five and seven, six and six, seven and five, somewhere in that range. They very easily could be zero and three. In fact, they probably should be zero and three at this point. So credit to Michigan State. The interesting thing about that game last week for me was, so, you know, if you watched Michigan State Northwestern, they came out and jumped on Northwestern and were up twenty-one nothing, which almost never happens against the Wildcats. Totally in control of that game. Second game in control of early. Miami was a little bit more back and forth. So it's also been, I think, when I look at Michigan State's offense, they've been able to dictate a lot. They've, they've had control of the game offensively a lot, which is one of the reasons. I mean, the start to a game is huge every week. But you look at this one, Mel Tucker in his 10 games at Michigan State, 5-0 and when they're leading or tied after the first quarter, 0-5 when they're not now. <laughs> those those stats are often more interesting than they are illustrative, but uh, it, it's pretty big. And, and Mel Tucker definitely, one of his mantras is deep water is what he calls it, but it's a team that's definitely built to play four quarters. Brandon Vogel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brandon, looking at this matchup tonight, uh, we, we really, I'm kind of with you, we're not quite sure how good this Michigan State team actually is. I mean, we know the win over Miami's big, but Northwestern doesn't look like they're all that great this year. Uh, and then I can't remember the other team they played in there. Was it uh, Youngstown State, I think, who's obviously an FCS opponent. Uh, so we're not quite sure what we're going to get from Michigan State, but we do know there's most likely going to be a, a pretty good home crowd there cheering on the Spartans. Do you think Nebraska, after their experience at Illinois and at Oklahoma, is better prepared for the crowd noise this week? I mean, we, we saw all those false start penalties last week. Yeah, they, sh- they should be. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty unique spot in that, you know, you'll go a lot of seasons if you're in Nebraska without playing back-to-back road games at all. Um, so it's a bit rare to have one. Um, it's definitely rare to have had three in your first five games. Um, I, I'd have to go back and look for the last time that happened, but it's been quite a while. So they should be, they should be pretty road tested at this point. It'll be, it'll be a lively atmosphere. I mean, that's another one of those things where depending on how this game goes early, uh, you can make that a lot easier or a lot harder on yourself. The credit to, to Nebraska last week in, Oklahoma goes down and scores. The defense kind of maddeningly had great opportunities to get off the field and didn't. It's 7 nothing, and you're kind of like, oh, this, this wasn't the ideal way to kick things off here for, for Nebraska. And then that opening offensive drive, they got points out of it, but it was pretty ugly in almost every other regard. And, and they weathered that whole thing. So I do think you're starting to see a little bit of – the you know, Nebraska, the years are all messed up because of the eligibility freeze, but it's, it's a veteran team in a lot of regards in that they've been with this coaching staff. So I do think you've seen hints of, of Nebraska kind of maturing. Brendan Vogel's with us, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And uh, you, you get his book, hopefully, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook. You know, between trust and maturing, I mean, this is a whole adult conversation we're having. And, you know, when we talk about Nebraska's different phases, Vogue, do you have a weird feel? And I was I brought this up earlier because it, it happens during the season where one side of the ball just doesn't show. There's been games where the offense has got to win the, the football game for Nebraska there's been games where, and I think back to Michigan State in the snow in 2018, where it was, 
It was black and blue. It was roll your sleeves up, and it was a nine to six burner, right uh, in the snow, with Sparty where where Coach Chin's defense carried and won uh, that ball game. Uh, you know, in in uh, adverse conditions. Do you think both sides of the ball, and I'm leaving special teams off by themselves because they are special uh, and they're their own <laughs> segment, but do, do you think the, the defense and offense both play up to capability today, or you know, is there one side of the ball that you're worried about? I, I, I expect the defense to, and, and you're right, you know, the, <laughs> the ghosts of Illinois past, and I'm not talking this year, but the year before, uh, still kind of rattle around there because Nebraska defensively really had a pretty strong year for the most part. Ohio State's Ohio State in 2020, but beyond that, you know that Illinois game is the one that really jumps out as yeah they just they just had an off day and and sometimes that happens. I think to go back to the maturity part of it, I, I do think so far they're they're playing better than they were a year ago, so they've even taken another step. They're a little more veteran, and, and they've just been pretty sound for the most part. You know, it's it's a little bit of a mystery when you look at the defense, like yards per play and some other things, third downs. They're, they're average to below average, but they're just keeping points off the board, which, you know, is, is a good sign, even if it's kind of hard to break it down and say, well, here's how A plus B equals C. Uh, I do. I, I think this game tonight, for me at least, all, falls on Nebraska's offense because right now it's really one-handed. Uh, it might be left-handed considering where they've tried to be for the past three three years, but the lack of a handoff run game is is an issue. And if you're Michigan State, I expect them to come out and you know Michigan State has a long history of pretty good and dynamic secondaries. Uh, you're going to try and keep those those passes in front of you. You're gonna you're gonna let Nebraska throw the ball and really put the onus on can they can they run it against us? And three three games, the answer has been no for Nebraska for the most part, minus you know the last three quarters against Fordham. So it, the onus for me is is really on Nebraska's offense. Can they keep hitting big plays because it's kind of been the lifeblood. Or you're going to need them to do something they haven't done so consistently enough, which is stay on schedule through the run. So a lot of this for me falls on Nebraska's offense. Well, and about that offense, if you look at the running back situation for Nebraska, it's been unsettled, which has been Scott Frost's history, really. I mean, there have been very few uh, outside of that stretch from a Zigbo. You just haven't had consistency at that position for, you know, ever since he arrived. That said, I like what I saw from Ramir, and then it's very small, very small dose, but I thought Morrison ran hard too. I don't know if that was just being back home in Oklahoma, but Ramir seemed to find another gear in terms of running hard, if that makes any sense. Do you think he, based on what you saw last week, has earned that right to be the starter and let him go for a while? Yeah, I came away from last week encouraged by him as well. And I, I think he got the nod there because Nebraska was knew it was going to have to to do some more work on the edges. He, he's got a little bit more speed, um, which is all fine and good and makes sense. But you're right. Like, he he ran pretty hard. It's not fun when there's, <laughs> there's just not a whole lot there. And, you know, it doesn't mean he didn't 
you know, <clears throat> miss a cut or two. But that that's true of all all running backs. Those things are just going to happen. So I, I would agree. I would like to see some more from him. You know, it's the the running back distribution of carries has been all over the place. Um, a little bit like Nebraska volleyball in the non-conference and that they are trying to uh, try a bunch of different lineups, but it's time to start, I think, settling in a little bit. So, Ramir Johnson, I would play the hot hand a little bit, uh, hot hand very relatively speaking, but he did enough last week to, I think, earn another shot. Vogues, can I get a prediction from you? Yeah, I I could go – I really could go either way. I – Coming out of the Oklahoma game, I felt pretty good about Nebraska in this spot. I'll go Nebraska 27-24. Wouldn't surprise me if it was 27-24 the other way. So it's going to be it's going to be that kind of night, I think. So I need your your chef hat on. Are you able to successfully pull off grilling ribs versus smoking? I ask that because I've been beat up by some of the crew here about we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a smoke. Okay, we're going to go swing the clubs, and then we're going to go smoke. Don't put this on me. No, I'm no, fine no. with pork chops. No, I know. You're fine. <laughs> I'm asking for the room, though. I don't know that I've got five hours and 45 minutes to get a, a, an appropriate smoke in before kickoff. Once golf is done, because you know, you know how fall golf is, Vogues. It's like 78 and amazing out, and you get three of those a year. So you're going to you're going to have the, uh, the old YouTube TV on and then watch Notre Dame and Wisconsin while you're looking for your ball. And then, you know, it's on for, for tonight. And then we have the Real Red Reaction post show. So my question is, can, can you accomplish the same thing? I've never really grilled ribs. I've only just smoked them. Have you uh, attempted this feat before? Uh, I, I have done them on like a, a kettle grill, which isn't – I mean – Either way, there's there's no substitute for time. So <laughs> I, I would. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just is. It just takes that long to kind of break down what you want to break down in those ribs and, and have them tasting tasting good. Uh, if you, if you only got time for a short smoke, I would think about chicken. Go get some chicken thighs, or even uh, get some half chickens. Those work really well in the smoker, and you can uh, you can get those done. You can probably cut your time in half from a you know full five hour rib smoke. Okay. Yeah, I'd think to go quicker on the ribs on this on the like a grill. I think you'd have to braise them or, or something to be able to get them to, to break down how you want them to. I'm no I'm no I'm no grill master though. Well, and we have talked uh, about getting a live chicken or getting a chicken a la Joe Boo and Major League to get Nebraska over the hump because clearly it's on us. We need some sort of <laughs> blood sacrifice. Sacrifice the chicken have and then eat it. Just hunt it. What would you say, Vogues or Cranek? Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, have Culp just, like, punt it. Yeah. Or kick it. Kick it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kick the chicken. Well, chicken, chicken. there we go. Uh, Vogue's a uh, thought here with Nebraska Volleyball. Uh, what's, what's, their Yo, well, yes. what's their wellness check like right now? Well, well, can I, well, let me jump in real quick, because I know we only have them for a short amount of yeah, time. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Lexi's son on the bench, to call that surprising, is an understatement. Does she stay there, or is this one of those cook Jedi Master mind tricks to get her to play lights out down the stretch? Yeah, I I, uh, I, I definitely read it as kind of a, a test or an attempt to to pull the levers and push the buttons that are available to a coach who's who's got a lot of years doing this. 
um, watching that Northwestern game on TV, which granted is sometimes tough to see. I, I, I give her a ton of credit. She was engaged on the bench for the most part that I saw. She came in in that fourth set when she got an opportunity and impacted that match. So I think it's an attempt to try and get Nebraska's team to the place it needs to be to to compete in the Big Ten. And that virtually requires Lexi Sun, you know, three-time All-American, to, to be playing like one. So I think that's where they're trying to get to. Um, Iowa will be interesting because Nebraska has this long history of, well, basically sweeping the Hawkeyes. I think they've dropped three sets all time. But Iowa played pretty well against an Illinois team, you know, that is a little bit down but has respected coaching staff for sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how easy or how hard this Iowa match is. That, that might be a pretty good progress report. Brandon Vogel with us. Vogues, can't wait to, to read your recap and uh, get your thoughts. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. All right. There he is, managing editor and author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. It's where you find him on Twitter. Cranach, I, I just think we're going to go with the, the bone-in pork chops, the husker chops that are super uber thick. Some uh, corn on the cob, and then some some seasoned beef kebabs. Yeah, you can low some. You can like grill them on a relatively low temperature. Yeah, I and can come out with something pretty tender. Oh, big ribs! Time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it, man. No, That's I think I'm just gonna. I'm just all gonna you're go setting yourself chop. up for is one dropping a pretty penny on a bunch of ribs, mm-hmm. and then two being really disappointed in what you're eating. Like I wouldn't do it. What's the next road game? Isn't it Minnesota? Uh, Over there. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota. So maybe if, if the, the weather holds, if weather holds, maybe maybe Wisconsin, we we smoke. And I can just move mm. the smoker to the, the garage, I guess. You you just, right, you just can't, you can't rush that process. No, I, I know, and I never you have. You know what I'm saying? I never have. I know never have. have. I know you haven't, but when, you, when I'm hearing ribs on the grill, I mean, that's just, I'm kind of like, Chris, come on, let's focus on the fundamentals here. Like, that. no. Don't do that. Don't do it. I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I think you have to be like a precision chef to like really know <laughs> what the hell to rub not, it with. Not, and not a drunken, else not a drunken Schmidt. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> or a sober one for that matter. I Greg, think you have to like get into like the chemistry of the rib composition and all that to right. like really and Vogues is a, grill is them bar- properly. Vogues is a barbecue judge. So, I mean, he knows his... Mm-hmm. He knows his stuff. Greg is checking in from Michigan. Uh, longtime listener to the show. We love him. He emails in. Greg, are you in East Lansing? No, I'm on my way. We've okay. got about 50 miles to go. The highway's packed with a bunch of Sparty weirdos. So, <laughs> so where does Sparty weirdo rank up with rest of Big Ten weirdo? Uh, you know, they're a basketball school, so I think they're kind of soft when it comes to football. They're just all geeked because this Miami thing was big to them. Um, mm. But, you know, they are an easy crowd. I've been to many games there. They're an easy crowd to shut up quick, and that's what I think Nebraska has to do, jump quick. Well, good start, right? That's, that's ideal. You got, a, you got a prediction? You're going with your boy, aren't you? Yeah, he's in the car behind me with his friends and stuff, so he won't let me ride with him with my red shirt on. Okay. So, so yeah, I got a prediction. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think uh, Nebraska 
uh, this this pains me to say, wins it on a field goal, 17-14. All right. The Connor Culp redemption story. That's right. Yeah. Cue yeah. up uh, Morgan Freeman and Andy Dufresne. Right, right. So looking forward to it. And uh, I just wanted to check in with you guys. Go Big Red. Hey, Greg, appreciate you listening, man. Enjoy Michigan. Enjoy time with your, your son. And uh, see if you can get us a win, all right? I will do. See you, bud. There he is. Greg's uh, good stuff, and <laughs> them weirdos. <laughs> I can't even picture Michigan State football fan. I don't even know what would characterize them, whereas I feel like I can do that with most other programs. Michigan State football fan, I'm like, I, I don't know if I've even met many. Uh, they're good dudes. Know. I've met a few. They're good dudes. They're... I, I think it's a little strange that they grew up in Michigan or wherever they grew up and end up not rooting for Michigan. They root for Michigan State. Like, I think it's real easy to hate Michigan, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are kind of like the counterculture people. The, You know what I mean? Like the people that are just sort of the agitators that just t- take the opposite tact just to stand out. No, I, I, think, I think the Michigan State folks are, are normal and good folks. And I think um, not everyone, but a lot of the Michigan guys are the same folks probably throwing you in your locker or not inviting you to a birthday party because uh, your kid wears used clothes. That's who Michigan fan is. Mm, that's true. That's true. And those folks are coming to town now. I know. And they, and they, and can, they might be coming, they can coming spend, to town undefeated. They can spend their trust fund here. That's fine. Yeah. That was a weird place to go, Ann Arbor. Was it? Really was. Never went. Yeah, it's a little strange. through it. Now, but I, I think I think the stuff about the big house is the library is overblown. That's an impressive place. Like, it's monstrous. It looks like nothing from the street because, you know, it's dug into the ground. But I didn't get a library feel at all. Like, that, that place got heated up pretty well. And then again, they were scoring like every two minutes. So maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was, that was cool. Ann Arbor, though, that, that whole pinky in the air thing is... That's pretty legit. Okay, <laughs> I, and I this is That's coming. This true. is coming from Michigan guy, like a guy I used to work with, covered Michigan, New Harbaugh. It's like, yeah, dude, it's 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 we it's a wine and cheese crowd for sure. Uh, let's get it to the really is. Let's yeah. get to the Iron Horse. A quick timeout. Hail Varsity Weekend Edition rolls forward. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Matthew McConaughey saying pace yourselves for six o'clock kick. Weekend edition, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbel, and we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, what's up, man? Gorgeous morning. Opportunity at hand for the Big Red. How you doing? Good. Uh, it feels like football weather now that we're into fall, uh, but we also don't know how to act with a night game. What do we do the whole day? Where do we go? What do we watch? I mean... You know, but six o'clock is a long way away. I've got well, my. We have t- activities. We got to keep ourselves busy. Yes. Um, keep ourselves engaged throughout the day. You know, us as fans, we hate this kind of stuff. We don't want to just be sitting around the hotel. Uh, so it's a good day to exercise. 
Get out, mow the um, lawn. Uh, get corn on Husker, the cob. Right. Get food. Husker volleyballs get on it too. You got to keep that body moving. You don't want to have any cramps tonight sitting on the couch, you know. Mm-hmm. No, and you don't want to be worn out by 6 o'clock where you might fall asleep during the game. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> See, yes. well, yeah, it, it, but that only happens if you have, you know, a 7 a.m. wake-up call for a radio show on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, never, never heard about that I would be that napping before. by quarter three. Uh, that's, a, that's a shot at me. Sorry. So I got to ask you this, Sharpie, and, and you've covered high school a long time. You see high school. I want to get your take on, and we'll get to Nebraska and Sparty in a minute, but uh, Noah Walters, Malachi Coleman, East, and I know you uh, spend a lot of time covering Metro teams, but you see Lincoln squads and you're connected down here as well. And we, we've covered high school ball for a lot of years, all three of us. And, you know, what's your take on Noah? I mean, I, I just kind of see him and I go, wow. And I think he's a really big-time arm talent. And I think there's uh, – we, we all know there's a lot of D1 potential and talent over on the southeast side of things, so it was an impressive win. But d- does Noah remind you anybody? And, and I know uh, he's a kid that, wow, a lot of folks around this side of the state would love to see him land somewhere. Well, he's I, – I enjoy watching him play. First of all, it seems like he's been quarterback at Lincoln East for a long, long time. Yeah. He spins it well. I don't have a real good comp, yeah. but he's just as a competitor. He wants to win. He knows how to win, and he throws a pretty ball. He has great command of John Gingery's offense. That was a monstrous win the other night for what they did to Lincoln Southeast. And you know, he's going up against a defense that has a couple of Division One guys on that side of the ball. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was putting up these false numbers. And he has been doing that throughout his entire career at Lincoln East. Here's the thing. And this is where college coaches get into the metrics of height and weight. And in Noah's case, people say to him, well, you're not tall enough. Well, just go watch him play. Somebody is going to get a huge, huge winner uh, when they get him on their roster next year. Uh, you know, I know he's got, he's got a lot of interest, but just needs somebody to pull the trigger. But what I hear a lot about is, well, He's not tall enough. I hear the same thing here in the Metro. Will Hubert is a really, really good defensive end for Papillion La Vista. He's one of the top tacklers in Class A. He's six foot four. He's had schools tell him, well, if you were six foot five playing outside linebacker, we could have further discussions. But yet, places like Northern Illinois, Iowa, Stanford, Ivy League schools, you know, they want interest either as a scholarship or a preferred walk on. So I think in Noah's case, it's height. Uh, keep an eye on Mr. Coleman. Mr. Coleman, who doesn't have a problem with height at six foot five, he's got the long arms. I think he is on the radar uh, from this year and then into the offseason where it gets really, really interesting on how you project where he would play in college and what he could do at the next level. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a big John Gingery program, uh, fan. Mm-hmm. They've got a fine program, Lincoln East. I, was, I, I mean, I had to do a double take when I saw that score the other night. I know you called it, Schmitty, but impressive performance. But I think a lot of it comes down to kids from Nebraska – Coaches that are outside of here, or even Nebraska, they will look and go, "Man, if you were just a little bit taller." You know, and this same thing was said about Reimer. Yeah. Right? Now I want to give you. So you're absolutely right. Now I want to give you uh, um, somebody who doesn't look at height is Dan Jackson, who was at South Dakota State. They offered Reimer a scholarship. All they did is they sat there and said, "This kid can play." And Dan Jackson told me about Reimer. He said he's a Sunday guy. He's going to play on Sunday someday. And then, you know, he was disappointed that they weren't able to get him up to Brookings. He ends up at Nebraska, and, you know, enough said. 
that's where it helps guys that aren't a specific height. If you recruit somebody and you trust them and you can see when you watch them in person or on film that they're just a football player, that it doesn't matter how tall they are. You know, you don't always need six foot six guards. You know, you can go with a six two guard. Once you get one of those and they produce for you, maybe that helps you down the road and opens the door for more Luke Grimers out there. I hope so. I like I like the recruiting that a coach trusts his gut and his developmental skills, and he doesn't care that he doesn't meet a specific height or weight uh, measurement, that they'll go, he's a football player. We will get him up to speed in those categories that maybe he's a little bit deficient. Am I off? And when we talk comps for, for Walters, and I'm not calling him Joe Gans, but I think of the middle infielder background, right? I look at how, how talented Walters is with baseball, same with Joey Gans in high school, right? I mean, he was a two-star that Cosgrove took a flyer on, and and Joey Joe did did good things at Nebraska. Uh, do you see a little bit of Gans's game in in Walters, or am I just already hitting no, maybe, the sauce? Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, Schmitty. You know, the baseball background helps immensely. It it just takes one guy. Yeah. It just takes a coach that has a belief in a player that they're recruiting that they know that there's something there that they're a, just a player. And they'll get them on their campus, and they can coach them up and just let them go. And I don't think there's anybody saying that, boy, Joe Gans had a bad college career. No, Joe Gans <laughs> took the opportunity and ran with it. Well, let's get to Nebraska running being key here and Walker on, on the mind of the black shirts. Let's flip it around. What, what's a good day, Sharpie? I'm going to ask you this question again a week later. What's a good day for the Nebraska offense? And is Adrian got to be at 100 or overall, give me a number for the Nebraska rushing attack. Well, I don't think Nebraska's going to be able to run the ball very much. Uh, out of the straight quarterback handoff, the front side handoff, I think they're going to have to get a little dynamic in how they run the football. I don't think there'll be a lot of inside zone. This is a good Michigan State. This is a typical Michigan State team. They'll give up a lot of yards on the ground. But what we're seeing is they give up a lot of yards to the air. They keep a lot of stuff underneath. Or that's the way they approach the Eric King of Miami, and they kept De'Ara King in the pocket. Now, there's not much of a difference between Martinez and King. Maybe King throws it a little bit better, but Adrian's throwing it better this year. I think when we wake up tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Adrian's arm and not necessarily his legs. Now, there'll be four or five plays tonight where his legs have to come into play where he's got to scramble to keep plays alive. But I think if Adrian turns this into a seven-on-seven game tonight, where it's a little bit of stuff of pitch and catch underneath and let guys catch it in space and take off and run or crossing routes with the big tight ends, I think Adrian will have a big night passing. Now, he's got to have a good completion percentage, and you can't have drops and you can't have overthrows when you have a chance to get 7 to 10 yards. But I think that's there for Nebraska. I think the cornerbacks aren't great for Michigan State. Their safeties are good. Drew Beasley is a dominating rush edge uh, guy. If the offensive line is going to have a challenge, but I think it's better to throw the ball tonight than to run the football, and that's kind of that's kind of counterproductive to what usually a night game and Big Ten weather uh, is supposed to do. But a little seven on seven for Martinez with the weapons that he has, I think Nebraska will be most successful there. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Gary, you never left the Ramir Johnson train. I jumped off last year. I, I did. I was just like, no, that, 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 he'll make a good transfer. Like, good luck to him and all his future endeavors. Um, he looks like Nebraska's best tailback right now. Do you think he's earned multiple – do you think he's earned the right to stay in there drive after drive and let him get worked in? 
Yes, but I think we're to a point none of us expected Ramir Johnson to be the first running back out last week, unless you were at practice that entire week. I think they are going with running back that meets the game plan, not necessarily the guy that performs week in and week out and they settle on a bell cow. I think they're going with who meets the game plan. So I still think this weekend that means Ramir Johnson. Now the one thing Ramir did, and we all wondered, why doesn't he get an opportunity? Because when he's on the field, he shows you spurts. He did everything you could have wanted out of a running back in this system last week. He ran inside. He ran outside. He passed blocked. He also caught the football. He ran hard. He ran with a ton of confidence. And then when he got loose, he got to see his speed. Isn't that what you want out of your starting running back? Ramirez gave you everything. I thought when, they, when he was in the game, it said to me, Nebraska feels like they can't run inside. But you know what? They ran inside with Ramirez, and they had a little bit of success. So I hope he's the number one guy tonight. I think it goes Johnson, Morrison, and then Step. But do we have a bigger issue with Step? I mean, he's all of a sudden been on the milk carton. I went to Hy-Vee yesterday, and I was looking for him. And <laughs> I didn't see him on. I didn't see him on any of the milk cartons. I'm wondering where he's at. Gary, I think the the bigger issue is not who's going to be running the ball for Nebraska, but who's going to be stopping the run of Michigan State. Kenneth Walker with his 8.6 yards per carry. I don't think that uh, keeps up throughout a whole season, but you can still obviously see the talent uh, that Kenneth Walker brings to a team. What has Nebraska got to do to stop him tonight? He's the real deal, fellas. You guys have seen enough of him this week. He's the number one rusher in the country for a reason. He's got a great lower body. He's very physical, of course, the, the crazy stat of him breaking tackles 20 against Miami. He's forced 35 uh, missed tackles so far this year. The one thing they do with Michigan State, and this is going to bring back nightmares of the 2019 game when Nebraska played at Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, they ran to the outside with stretch plays, and then all of a sudden, the cutback lane was there, and it was Rodney Smith. Remember that mm-hmm. night? But they got a lot of the linebackers flowing the, lo- the wrong way. Nebraska's linebackers, especially the inside guys, are going to have to be really, really good tonight. And Nebraska's going to have to tackle. You know, they didn't tackle so well against Oklahoma. It didn't hurt them. You know, after a missed tackle, there wasn't a sooner hitting his head on the goalpost. But they've got to tackle. They've got to wrap up against him. And they've got to be very sound. I also think another part of the run game of Michigan State. Now, a lot of his yards are outside of the tackles, but they are those cutback lanes. Michigan State does this to you. They pound you, they pound you, they pound you. They keep running the football, and they get three, four, five yards. They might slip Hayward out as a tight end H-back for a little pass. Uh, you know, they have a quarterback, Peyton Thorne, who doesn't make uh, mistakes. He's got nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. But you have to stick in there. And Nebraska defensively is going to have to go body-to-body blow and just be okay with stopping that three, four yards to make sure it doesn't turn into seven and eight as the game goes along. The game is going to be one in the trenches for the most part, but I like what Nebraska did last year on, or last week on both sides of the ball, guys. They had conviction. They stuck to their game plan on offense and defense, and that hasn't been the case. They've, they've had a tendency to go away from that. They had conviction last week. I think on defense, they're going to have to have conviction with their game plan and stick in there because I think Michigan State is just going to try and pound you, pound you, pound you, get into the fourth quarter, think you're worn down, and use the same game plan they had against Miami. They outscored Miami 21-3 in the fourth quarter. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Speaking of offensive line, though, um, and looking at Nebraska, it's like I don't know if I've seen a more like boom or bust offensive line. Like their their busts are bad, like really bad. Um, I mean, it's pretty much half of the time that Martinez drops back, he's pressured. 
that's ridiculous. At the same time, they've also they they've also protected pretty well at times. Um, it looks like you know that Gabe Irvin run that was blocked really well. The one where he got hurt. I mean, that would have oh, probably been six. That, and that one, Mark, you're absolutely right. That was going to be probably a house call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? what look. Is that should that be Austin on notice? Is it a certain do they do they need to limit their playbook? Uh, it's just it's hard to figure out because it's not like Nebraska's trotting out there with a bunch of walk-ons. They're not. They're, you, you, I mean, these are four-star guys, highly recruited guys, really good size, in good shape, people that have performed well. Is it just an experience at this point? I don't know what it is, and that's uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you've got communication issues, breakdown. Um, tonight could be the 14th straight game that the offensive line picks up a penalty. They've had 36 full, they've had 35 full starts on the offensive line in 36 games since Scott's been the head coach. Uh, you've had, I think, a step back with Ben Hart. Uh, you've had a step back with Corcoran. Uh, if, it's, if it's because he's coming back from injury, that's okay. But if he's healthy and he's taken a gigantic step back, that's scary for Nebraska because he's one of your highest-rated recruits that you've ever brought to campus, and you expected him to be a multi-year starter and to lock down that tackle spot. I think you're going to see some new faces. I don't think it'll be a, uh, just a complete overhaul of that offensive line. I mean, Jurgens in the middle is the best offensive lineman that Nebraska has. I mean, he's, he's going to get all Big Ten consideration if he keeps doing what he's doing the rest of the season. But I think you might see a couple of new faces here and there, especially at that left guard spot which is a turnstile. They can't figure it out. But I, they've got to figure out the communication things because guys on how deep they drop or their handoff or whatever is just really, really poor. And if it wasn't for Adrian Martinez, guys, and his ability to elude the pressure and to get oh, out of harm's way with his legs, oh, we'd be talking about a disaster. I mean, Nebraska's fortunate to have Adrian, but, boy, how long can that last, especially tonight where Michigan State does a good job of keeping mobile quarterbacks in the pocket. They don't let them get outside, and they try and collapse the, 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 the pocket. I think this will be a stiffer test for this offensive line than it was last week against Oklahoma. And remember, we were saying OU has two guys that put all kinds of pressure on the quarterback. I think tonight will be a different kind of challenge because of the game plan that Michigan State's going to try and employ on the defensive side. You know, they're going to try and get home with four because everybody else has, well, right? And you're going to drop well, seven. And, Here's the thing, and, and you know, and Adrian's going to have to be smart once again and have to read things, but it's not like they're going to bring the house for Michigan State. You're right, Schmitty. A lot of what Michigan State's going to do tonight is control blitzes. You know, they, I don't think they respect Nebraska's offensive line, but they, they very much respect the quarterback and what he can do to them if they miss on some of those blitzes. So there's going to be a lot of controlled blitzes, I think, when they call them, but I don't think it'll be a ton of them. Sharpie, real quick, when we talk about maybe new faces, do we do we look at a Banks perhaps at guard? Do we do they work in uh, Big Teddy at, at, at a tackle spot, or do they keep him as the kind of the third tight end look and and keep Ben Hart at, at right tackle, or do you move one of the tackles on the interior and go with a new face? I'm just I'm just asking because you've got yeah, options. It, you've got a bunch of dudes you brought in. Yeah, it might be a little bit tough. I mean, your best your best guard right now might be a guy that's sitting in Lincoln watching the game that I and Lutowski. But he's a year away. I, I think it's awful tough to put Ben Hart and slide him down to play guard when you haven't had an opportunity right. to work on it. Yeah. I think it's really tough in a week to do that. Um, I think we'll see more of Teddy. But 
you know, one thing that will help this offensive line is having Allen and Volkolek together to keep them in there, I think will help more with the offensive line. But at the end of the day, the offensive line has to help themselves. They have got to get better, and they've got to get better sooner than later, or this team's going to be in a really huge rut because what happens in that one game where Adrian is handcuffed and he can't do all the magician tricks that he's done so far, and you have to run the football. Do you trust the offensive line to get you four, five, six yards? I don't know. Sharpie, we'll uh, we'll discuss next week, and uh, it'll be a, a fun ball game tonight. Going to be a really good stretch of chances for the Big Red here uh, the next few weeks. It'll be really cool to see where this team goes. Have a good weekend, man, and thanks for uh, jumping on with us as always. Hey, thanks, guys. Three and two, one and one sounds so much better than two and three, zero oh and two going in October. Enjoy you the game today. A thousand percent right. There he is, Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. Cranack, uh, I'll get you a pork chop if you come down tonight. I can't, man. I can't. I got got plans. I would. I can't. I Speaking got of ribs, plans. That's fine. Austin Allen always worries me. He does because he's he's so long. He's so no one's built like him. I just feel like he's just a rib shot away from just not playing anymore. Well, it's all right. Enjoy your plan. Say hi to your pooch. We'll be back at you on Monday. Got plans. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking.